0: Yeah. Call. Yes, uh, good evening, Black Earth America. How are you this week? Um just a little uh little notes for this week. Um tomorrow there's a brand new show um by uh Devin uh Esmer. And uh, he is going to deal with the consciousness behavior of the black community. That's going to be his main focus. He come on Wednesday, starting tomorrow, tomorrow, November second at 8 p.m. And Saturday we continue to have provocative thought that also comes on Saturday at 8 p.m. Now. Tonight, we're going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going to have Tammy conducting the interviews and leading the discussion this evening. So, good <laughs> evening. <laughs> oh, well, first of all, first of all, I just want to say this. You know, I'm a sports guy, right? Has everybody been following right. the World Series? Wow. I haven't. You've you been following this World Series?
1: Not very much, but go ahead. Fill me in. Go ahead. I know you're
0: going to do that. It's 3-2. and I think uh, the Indians lead 3-2, and they're back in Chicago tonight for Game 6. If Chicago wow. wins, it will be a Game 7. So, um, yeah, and, and I feel that. <laughs> I feel that it's a good series. I've been following it. I mean, it has been some good pitching. Pitching is when the guy stands on the mound, Tanny, as slow as the guy with the bat. And the and the guy with the bat tries to hit the guy that throws the ball
1: at him. That's the pitching. <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah, I get it. I, I follow about that, Mike. I play a little softball, so I kind of know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, uh, and um and
0: Colin Kaepernickel. Colin Kaepernick is still doing his protest not standing up uh, for the uh, uh uh national anthem. And you know, and, and I'm surprised how, you know, America reacted to him. You know, and uh and there were some black athletes that came out on the side of Colin Kaepernickel, and, and but they tried to make the NBA ball players against them, so the NBA oh, ball players could look like the, could look like the good guys, and the football players could look like the bad guys. But we'll take on that role. So your guess you know is what? on the line. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, what Colin is doing is admirable. I have to say, you know, shout out to Colin. You know, you know, keep standing up for what's right, and we all need to do that. If More of us did that, then we'll have a different, you know, scenario right now. So those who have power, those who have like a following, we should stand up against things that are not right. If we all did that, then things will change faster.
2: And,
0: and, and they're doing it in college. They're doing it in high school, junior high, elementary school. I mean, it, it just took on life on its own, you know, so yep. I say, hey, why not do it? And I hope, I hope he continue it, too. Let me t- let's cue your guess in.
1: Okay. Evening, welcome to Black Girl
0: America. Hello, Jamie. Abdul Kazali. Yes, uh,
1: good evening. <laughs> How are
3: you, Abdul? Uh, good, good. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing great. Fine. We're doing great.
3: Welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and Abdul has a, a master's degree in sociology, and tonight we're going to talk a, a little bit about mental health, strategic strategic help for sustainable livelihoods as far as mental health goes. And um, I think that he'll be a good person to talk more about this because he has a lot of experience. So, Abdul, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Um, well, I don't know what the time is right now to uh, the different places where the listeners live, but uh, to me here, um, it's like I can say good afternoon to you all, uh, good evening to those who are in Texas, maybe uh, in Maryland or so, Um my name is Abdul Kazali and I'm from Sierra Leone, and um, I actually have uh, some educational background that actually comes from my country. I studied in various educational institutions, um, and uh, the highest degree I hold for now is a master's of science degree from the social sciences. And so I've held different positions in Africa, and uh, the last one I had was uh, uh, a school principal for over 2,500 kids. Yeah, so that was my last um, experience before I came to the United States. Uh, So thank you very much for having me on the show. Yes,
1: absolutely. You're welcome. Go ahead. What I wanted to start off by asking is I want to know, I want to ask you, why is mental health very important? And say, for instance, in the developmental, the development of a particular nation, uh, for developing a particular, excuse me, a particular nation or a particular group, why is mental health very important?
3: Um, Well, that's a very good question but I will try very hard to limit myself to uh, very simple um, explanations on the importance of mental health with regards to uh, a particular nation's development. Uh, first of all, you know, I will bring, first of all, an example. Like um, when you look at uh, human results, and you look at the material resources, one of the things that makes a difference between these two resources is the fact that uh, the human resource can articulate issues and can make decisions and choose to do something and choose not to do it, while the, human res- the material resource, like let's say, for example, a motorcycle, you can park a motorcycle for a year in your garage and that motorcycle will never come and ask you a question, why did you park me here? But for the human resources, if you tell a worker to stand in a particular place for a very long time, it will reach a point when the individual will start to question the bus, why did you ask me to stand here? So there is vast difference. So what this explains, why mental health is very important in development because this is where decisions are made. This is where efforts are made. And uh, so for every group of individuals in this world, every nation in this world has to have a very strong and stable mental health for the development or for, the aspirations, for their aspirations, for their goals, and for everything that we want to achieve in life, uh, without a very strong and sound mental health, it's going to be very, very difficult for that nation to be able to sustain uh, and to be able to thrive. So, uh, like a typical example, uh, let's say uh, people of color, which is which I know is a very important discourse in the world today. Uh, Mental health is an integral part to our success, to our development, to whatever we want to achieve as a people. And we are so unique as a people that we need to have the understanding of ourselves and we need to have the stability to be able to think through things and to be able to decide our own future, and not only decide it, but to be able to engage in the right activities, in the right mind frame to achieve those goals. So mental health, I have noticed, is a very, very, very crucial issue with regards to uh, uh, nation building. And this does not only include, like, when we talk about mental health, I'm not only referring to, like, a illness in the form of, like, a, maybe a diagnosis that is resulting to a brain malfunction or something, but even just having to live a life that is stable,
2: a, a,
3: a life devoid of stress, depression, and some of those little, little things that sometimes we don't pay much attention to. Um. That life can be in serious trouble if it happens to find itself in stressful environments, in environments that are unpredictable, and environments that are hard to thrive by as a people. So mental health actually cuts across the board. It, to me, my definition would just involve anything that obstructs rational thinking and rational behavior. To me, that's what I would just define it. So I would stop there for now. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a question. I
2: think... Go
0: ahead. Yeah. I have, a, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think the United States got good mental health? You said mental health is important in <laughs> nation-builders. Okay, let's look at the United States as a nation, okay, which is a powerful nation. Did uh, <laughs> you critique... I... <laughs> I didn't mean that to be funny and me say, <laughs> you know. Uh, Sorry. So, um, do you think that the United States has stable, let me, I'm going to use your words, stable, rationale, and good decision making as far as positive mental health? Um, on the whole. Exactly. Yeah, that, let's decision. forget that the United States. Let's look at. Uh, I'm gonna throw a curve now. Let's look at the mm-hmm. candidates that run for presidents. So, <laughs> I mean, at me? I'm
2: gonna ask
0: a very serious question about right. candidates' ability. Uh-huh. Do you think Donald uh-huh. Trump and, Ms., uh, and Hillary Clinton <laughs> have? the stability and the rationale thinking to
3: to lead
0: a nation
3: and build a nation or keep a nation stable. Okay. To keep their mental Um, health. I I have to be very frank with you that uh, Mr. Trump is not ready for the presidency. Um, uh, Madam Helen. No, when do you think of his mental health? What do you think of his mental health? Uh, he doesn't, he's not a stable personality. He's not a stable personality and he's not a reliable personality. And I don't think he's mentally stable to actually um, run the United States as the first gentleman. Uh, based on because I've been following him 24 7 the clock. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I'm really interested in uh, every single thing that he has done. And uh, I can just tell you something very interesting. Like uh, a few months ago, you know, before even the campaign starts, when he expressed his intentions and stuff, and um, I looked at him carefully, and I tried to do research about him, and uh, I found out, and I started telling people that uh, this guy should not be taken for granted. This guy is going to thrive, and he's going um, to, if we don't be careful, he's going to be the next president of the United States. So that's what I told Yeah, I know. People. And some people were like uh, saying, oh, no, that's impossible. That's impossible. But today, No, it's not it's impossible. Now. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, you know it, 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 uh, today is uh, he's still around. And uh, because he's taking advantage of uh, a situation that is happening in
2: America.
3: And uh, people are buying into it. People are buying into it. And uh, it's really misleading.
2: You know, it's unfortunate
3: a, and it's misleading. But definitely, he does not have the mental
2: psychopath.
3: ability to be the President of the United States.
1: He's more How like about a Hillary? Psychopath, and he's a leader of psychopath, um uh, no, Psychopaths.
3: Psychopath. You can't call, <laughs>
0: Tammy, you cannot call the Republican I'm candidate for the President of the United States a psychopath. I he mean, you might be one. You know, yeah. you know, but you can't believe a psychopath. I mean right, behavior right. illustrates I mean, so some um some concern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: yeah, like like who whoever would I, I mean, I got I got four daughters, right? Who would ever say like, wow my daughter's hot I say, yeah, my daughter's cute, she's pretty and everything. I would never say, if she was not my daughter, I would date her." What cool thinks like that? What a sociopath! I mean, yeah. I'm not calling him a yeah. sociopath,
2: Steve. Steve. but he has mm-hmm. tendencies, yeah.
0: uh-huh. you know, and, 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 and feel that and
2: just mm-hmm. look at his
0: sexual behavior.
2: I'm a, yeah, you know,
0: like uh, uh But uh, how about Hillary?
3: Um, Hillary Clinton has had. Uh, both good and bad experience as far as leadership of this country is concerned. And I wanna tell you that Henry um is trying to you know like when people say if I can turn back the end of times or something, if I can just turn the clock back and start all over, then some of the things I did before I will never do again. And I like marry her husband. Henry <laughs> Yeah, if Ellery becomes the president, yeah. she will be the best president of the United States because she has got it all. Everything has happened to her. You know, good and bad has happened to her. And I think she has experienced everything. And so she will be So the you're best saying that she
0: has positive coping skills.
2: Yes. She has positive yes. coping skills. Yes.
0: Because some of the situations the that she's been through. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: she's been yeah. a lot. She's been through a lot. And uh, she has made her mistakes. She has done the good. She's done the bad. And believe me, if America should give that kind of... It's just like somebody was supposed to be sent to jail for committing a crime. And uh, the judge said, well, I'm going to pardon you this time. When all he was thinking is jail time. And if that person has a very stable mental health, And a very rational way of thinking, that person can really, really, really turn a new page in his life. And that's exactly what this lady is going to do if she becomes the president. That uh, looking at all what she's going through in her life, I think she would want America to just say, it's good that we didn't miss you, that we didn't throw you away. You know, it's good to have you back. Something like that, yeah. But uh, she's the best. For now,
2: thank
1: you. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um. So, Abdul, I just wanted to touch base with you a little bit. I know, given your um, background, that you have dealt with some mental health after the war. I just wanted to bring um, that into, you know, perspective that you have dealt with kids that had suffered from some mental, just, dis- unstable, you know, disabled you know, was mentally disabled or not mm-hmm. mentally disabled, but mentally just, you know, not stable. So can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Um,
3: You know, there are various diagnoses, and therefore there are various patterns and uh, different kinds of uh, expressions of uh, uh, what I would rather call uh, people with unstable minds, you know, Um Like, uh, of course, I will not be able to digress on all the different diagnoses that will affect the functioning, the mental functioning of an individual. But uh, so far, I've dealt with a lot of people that uh, have suffered and are still suffering different um, incapabilities with regards to their mental status. And um, there are different coping mechanisms that uh, both themselves and the state and the government have been using to help them, uh, support them in their conditions. And uh, uh, mental health support, actually, first of all, uh, there should be uh, the aspect of uh, stigma which needs to be looked at very, 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 very seriously. That is uh, trying to give confidence to people who are suffering any form of mental disability to be able to come forward and to be able to accept treatment or support and uh, because that's one aspect of cure. Because some aspects of mental illness are not, uh, we can, they are not uh, uncurable. Most of them can be cured. And some just need some psychotherapist and some other support that they need. And I want to believe that uh, most states uh, are putting a lot of money into this uh category. But from what I am seeing at this moment, it seems like there is a shift. A shift of uh, what I can call public pressure. Uh, there are people who are writing articles that America has represented, re, has represented slavery or has reintroduced slavery into the creation of uh, mental health institutions like mental homes and all of that that we're talking
2: about, mm-hmm. so
3: this has given them so much pressure that uh, they have decided to give so much freedom to these people that it is not even necessary. I cannot imagine how you can allow somebody who has a mental disability with physical aggression to be able to attend programs with less supervision where other people are attending and creating the impression that this person needs to live a life that is just like anybody else. In the sense, these people should be able to move around, interact with their community, and meet with people. And some are even allowed to drive and uh, a lot of things. Some are allowed to walk But we've seen uh, the outcomes of uh, most of these interactions, like in terms of physical violence, in terms of uh, whenever something just happened, it just turned the table. So that's my concern right now, that Mm -hmm. the state and the government is washing its hands
2: slowly, slowly
3: uh, away from uh, the help they have been given all this time because of... uh, public pressure, because of accusations of uh, abuse, neglect, uh, uh, and different kinds of exploitation, uh, instead of actually solving the problems that have been identified. So what they are doing uh, is to kind of like use an abandonment or just kind of watch reaching in their end, mm-hmm. which is not a good strategy. But I think the approach should be for them to uh, to really pay attention to what has been identified as the problem and solve it. But mm-hmm. these people need help; they need support, and they need care. They need to be taken care of. And so, for the state to kind of Washington. There's a new program, for example, in the state of Oregon that they're trying to introduce. They are now trying to train people, foster parents. They are training group homes and different providers, this kind of thing, that will start even making some of them have access to kitchens, where they need to keep knives and other equipment that are <coughs> really dangerous. So these are all some of the stuff they are now trying to reintroduce. And, uh, I mean, when somebody has mental uh, Disability, you you cannot predict that individual because he cannot even predict himself about what is really happening. Anything can happen at any time. So we have to have that vigilance, that consistency to continue to support them and to help them in their needs. So I think that's one of my. You
0: know, you know, know, Mr. Caselli. Middle health middle health agencies and social service agencies which go hand in hand in certain uh, hmm. uh uh jurisdictions, uh they are not trusted in the black community. So uh how can I uh, sure we trust these agencies? Uh after years of years of uh of uh mistrust Uh, misguided, uh, 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 Band-Aid theories to address our issues. Uh, uh, A lot of uh, models that uh, child psychologists, psychiatrists, and social workers use uh, uh, European models. And do these European models and theories work for
3: us? Um, I think uh, uh, the issue of trust, I will not outrightly say we should trust these agencies because, first of all, they are being enabled. They are being uh, incapacitated because of poor training and poor uh, uh, support to these homes. So if you give a, a soldier or an mm-hmm. officer uh, a stick, or a king, to go out there and fight a war, what do you expect to happen? You're going to expect that that person is going to be killed. So what I, my concern is uh, the putting of square pegs in round hole in different mental health institutions is a problem. Most people occupy positions that they are not capable of delivering. They are appointing mm-hmm. a behavior specialists because they went to college, in that district, not because they are actually able to deliver. They are are employing managers of home. They are employing different professionals, who well, supposedly people who are supposed to be professionals into these various fields to really determine the support to design plans that will help the support of these guys. But at the end of the day, what we see is these plans don't work. Because I don't know if they, they don't even know what they are doing. Then how can you uh, expect these homes, these agencies, to deliver the right thing when you give them the wrong thing to deliver? You know, for example, take an example of a client that they have now ad- agreed to use the Internet personally, to be able to use the Internet somebody who, is, who has a, a mental disability, you know, in a particular way to use the Internet. And so what we see, we begin to see cases of stalking, wherein uh, now people will start to stalk people and bring them clothes and join them, and then they can take them in their car and go away. Uh, we've had a lot of those issues, wherein somebody can just show up in a home and just pick a client and there they go because the team or the behavior specialists or these people have said this is what this person needs to have access to. And so we forget that these people are doing things not because they want to do them, but it's because of their condition. And so we have a responsibility to be able to deliver the right procedures, the right help, the right support for these people. So it's a two-way traffic. I, also, I would not also uh, avoid the fact that there are agencies that are very abusive, people misappropriate funds, people uh, abuse clients, people do a lot of stuff. There are people who do that. But I believe the problem lies more on the vigilance of the powers that be that are supposed to design these programs, that are supposed to monitor and evaluate these programs, these people can do a better job if they have somebody that is vigilant because, as the saying goes, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what, what type of strategic help is needed for, like, say, um, mental, in, in, in regards to mental health for nation building?
2: We have to
3: have, first of all, we have to have a proactive, curriculum designed in the different institutions that train mental health practitioners. Proactive
2: in the sense. What kind of curriculum? What kind of curriculum?
3: What type of curriculum? What type of curriculum? uh, For example, you know, people are trained to become mental health practitioners, you know, to deliver the support Mm -hmm. that you need to deliver. You know, these are academic uh, 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 supports. Curriculums, you know, that they design these institutions, But, 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 like but brother,
0: to. but, but, but brother mm. has too. You know.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: a lot of these practitioners, a lot of these mm. workers, get mm. uh, obtain your training from the same mm. institutions that mm. that 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 train the people that start these inadequate programs in our communities. And these are the same people. So, so like, uh, are you saying that we need a curriculum that's conducive to our needs, or we need to take what they're teaching and change it up so to make a fit?
3: Okay. So, what the reason why you know they said when you want to kill a snake, you hit the head. The rest is rope from the top. Where I expected these people who are supposed to deliver these services to be trained. What I noticed and what I found out is that uh, I have attended a lot of these training. What I noticed is even the curriculum itself has, a, has defects, a lot of defects. So we start from there. Let's say we built a very good... Imagine if somebody is already abusive. And this person, by nature, the person is abusive. And then this person got a curriculum that includes abusive aspects. You know, that wasn't the situation. So that's why I start from the institution, that we start that training. And then we deliver the right thing that's proactive, meaning we go down there, we know what's going on on a daily basis, we upgrade, we update the curriculum, and we retrain. So when these people go again to the institutions to go provide support for these people, there should be a mechanism for monitoring and evaluation that is persistent, consistent, and valid. In the sense, these people need to be uh, 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 evaluated, the monthly, the check, to make sure that the, the, the case managers be on top of situation, to check on the health of these kids, to check on their finances, to check on the support. The changes in support, and that is one other aspect. Because if somebody is doing something bad and knows that I'm gonna be checked every month, somebody's gonna come in, Is coming out on on, on announced basis. Somebody's gonna make an unannounced business here in my home, and everything. These are all stuff that. Confidences, yeah. Yes, yeah, this will help. Well, well brother so, so let, this let me ask you this.
0: Uh, brother too. Yes. let me let, let, let me ask you this, brother so like okay you have you have these workers okay uh uh delivering a service uh providing a service um, how should I ask this? are these services are uh, you saying we need a new curriculum, we need a new train like again like uh what what, what uh, should these services be more culturally based? Uh, uh, should these services be delivered by people that look like us? Uh, again, mm-hmm. the people that look like us are still going to the same institutions that other workers from other cultures are attending and and, and, and coming in our communities provide, in fact, the evaluations. The evaluations. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Are these evaluations really, really helping us? Assisting us, like for a while, you know, every kid that went to and still doing it, I heard. Every kid that go for an evaluation, needs ADHD or oh, bipolar. One person, a teacher told me a month ago, a couple weeks ago, like uh, 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 right here uh, where I'm at, that that she uh, uh, she made a referral. For all of our boys who are African Americans, for uh, uh, evalu- mental health evaluation. Like, it, it, these evaluations are they helping us are they against us? They're the evaluations the, 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 as their tools to use to make a, a diagnosis on our behavior and our thinking. Do you think these evaluations are healthy to our communities, These um, type of evaluations that you well, use?
3: Well, one thing, this is a very critical question that is very sensitive and very serious because um, I have my suspicions with regards to these evaluations. I, but, uh, I would not want to use them here, but definitely – One thing is very clear that a lot of misdiagnosing of patients has taken place. That one is documented. People have been misdiagnosed. People have been given information with regards to their mental health that we know has happened. Uh, At the same time, um, uh, I just believe that uh, it's very important for people to be able to help themselves. But when a stranger... It's helping somebody it he did not like in the first place. Maybe before he did not even like that person. It's kind of hard to be able to guarantee that the support you are getting from that individual is genuine and it's the right support. So what I have seen, the variety and the differences in care with regards to uh, clients when it comes to their, their ethnicity and their backgrounds. I have seen people given more prominence, more care, and they've received more support than other people. In different places, um, I will not name names, and I will not. Uh, but definitely, that's one of my observations. You know, the world is just like that. That uh, uh, people are just different, and people receive a lot of. It's just like when they say, uh, 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 "When beggars die, there is no comment But uh, the average themselves play part in the death of princes or kings. So basically, what I'm saying here is, uh, are you? Are you there? Are, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying yeah. here is that uh, um, we know that there is a difference when it comes to support and care uh, in the different people of our people that are actually suffering from mental health. And even when with regards to diagnosis and all of this stuff, because uh, sometimes the work or the job that is done is not that great because of certain influence that people don't have. So that's another thing. That's another problem. These are all some of the things that need to be looked at when it comes to mental health, you know, that uh, the job has to be done from the top. You know, we have to make sure we employ the right people, the, employ the right resources and the genuine intention and, uh, you know, more proactive programs, meaning we have to make sure we study what is happening on a daily basis. We don't give ourselves a kind of education that is uh, uh, that will fire, you know, in our hands, thinking that, uh, you know, things will just remain the same like always, always. Uh, we have to always kind of update our knowledge with regards to mental health because the parents are very, and we are seeing new, new, di- new dimensions and new different things, you know. So, but like I said, yes, uh, the diagnosis aspect, um, there's a lot of questions, uh, questions out there. I mean, if uh, a lot of uh, surgeons can leave knives and blades in the stomach of people they are supposed to perform surgery on uh, I think that one would be an easy one to just stumb, uh, stumble over you know so yeah, I, mean, I believe that's a problem that's a problem yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I believe that um, you know I have my opinion I'm going to give it uh, that you know America has not been proven to care about the mental health of ethnic people I believe that their mental health programs is usually set up for their needs because they have a lot of things going on within their communities that we don't even know about because we don't study them. They study us. We don't study them. They know us, but we don't know them. And we don't even know ourselves. So one of the important things that we need to do is get back in touch with ourselves and our own people instead of looking at each other through the eyes of what, what we've been trained to look at each other through the eyes of basically the, the master, the white man, because that's how we have been trained here in America is just to hate ourselves and to imitate um, anything European or in, Europeanist or whatever. Yes. So, I mean, yes. of course, not all of us yes. are on all that I wavelength anymore. Yeah. Not yeah. all of us are on that wavelength anymore, but when it comes to our people that we are responsible for our own people. We can't keep looking to the government or to their educational systems to help us help our own people. We need to start helping ourselves. Okay. How do we do that? How okay. do we start helping uh,
3: let ourselves? Me ju- let me just interject here right now. Um, democracy is supposed to mean a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. But the aspect I'm interested in this definition is the fact that People have the right to determine their own life and how they want to live their life. That's basically what democracy is all about. And if that's the case, I don't see anything wrong for uh, melanated people, I don't call them black people, melanated people to study their own nation. And to, inculcate, to incorporate their ancestral practices, ancestral med- medical practices, and education, and to be able to build themselves and live as a nation. So if America is a land of immigrants, which means that everybody is welcome, it means that we should be welcome with what comes with us. Because as we can live, we are a different people. And we have food that we eat that is just unique to us. We have medications, herbs, that we take that are just unique to us. And what I was thinking before this time is that God has blessed a lot of melanated people in America to become millionaires, like Oprah Winfrey, like LeBron James, like Kevin Durant like Jaycee, like Beyonce, a lot of them. I was thinking that if these people actually believe in nation-building, they should input money into research to help alleviate the problems of uh, melanated people so that they belong, so that these people will have medication that is right for them, That is good for them, that is typical for them, and make sure that the provision of food that is typical of melanated people. I don't want
2: to call them. I got a
0: question for both of you. I got a question for both of you. All right. Okay. Okay. What, you know, the behavior of black or black killing. Where does that fall? Where does that lie? All right.
1: Can I I say? Yeah. Okay. One of the reasons why I brought up your background in, um, um, Abdul, is because you had a lot of experience after the war in Sierra Leone. If people don't know about the war in Sierra Leone, there was children who were induced. Yeah, people, children who were induced, drug induced, and went on you know, went on killing sprees, killing even their, they would even kill their own parents. So these things, this is, I believe, is a psychosis. But I know that Abdul, you can explain better. And I don't think that it's far fetched from where we are here in our realities in America, where if 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 our people, our children, have sinked into a psychosis where they just believe. That they hate, they want. It, first of all, they don't even like themselves, okay, and they don't believe that they're worth anything. So if they look in the mirror and say, "I'm not worth anything," but I'm going to struggle to survive, then what is their brother worth? If they're looking at their brother, they're not seeing something that they care about because they're being taught to hate themselves. So of course, they hate their brother or their sister. That's why they call each other. That's why we've been um, conditioned and we call each other names, you know, that are not advantageous for the uplifting of our people, you know, like the B word or the N word. We use those those terms to describe ourselves because we don't have value on ourselves. We don't place that value on ourselves. And why? I believe that it's a tradition. I believe that it's a a mentality that has been traditionally uh, uh, passed down to us from generations to generations, and you put that on top of poverty and you put that on top of that generational curse and you put that on top of a number of other things with jobs and a lot of other stuff, there's nowhere to survive, then you get what, you, what we got, you know, the outcome of right. what we, we've been seeing all this time.
2: Okay.
3: So my own answer is uh, that uh, um, we are coming back to the topic of this question, which is mental health. But before mental health, something predates mental health for melanated people in America and all over the world. Uh, one of the things that predict, predates is systemic bullying and terrorism that have took place pre colonial, pre colonialism. That is, before colonialism. And all the institutions that we see today are set up by colonial masters. And these systems are not set up for the advantage of the people that are colonized. And so if you look at what is happening, let's say, for example, in America, um, the mental health, of melanated people has been tampered with a lot. A lot in the sense it's not like somebody will have any diagnosed kind of disease or something in the brain. But even the fact that somebody can live in a place where you are in fear all the time is disturbing. When you live in a place where you can't even tell what happened next to you or what is cooking out there for you that's disturbing. So, basically, I can say that uh, in America, there's a problem. And the problem of discrimination, racism, is very serious. And it needs to be addressed so as to give confidence and so as to give an environment, an enabling environment for melanated people to thrive well and to be in a very stable mental state that will keep them going and that will keep them doing the best in their lives. So that environment has to be created. And that's why we need the enabling environment. That's why we need a government that incorporates everybody, that respects everybody for who they are, and that promotes the health of everybody, and that allows people to be able to live their lives based on the way they want to live them. So we... I am I, I am sure that there is a problem, and that problem needs to be addressed. It's not nec- it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a problem that has to do with, like, a diagnosis of a disease, but just, like, a form of depression or stress levels, and, uh, you know, because of the bullying, the intimidation, and uh, the discrimination, and so many things that uh, Melanie Tessler has <laughs> uh,
0: all over the world. You think black so, folks in America as
1: bullied? Oh, yeah. We have been you bullied. Yeah, we've
2: been bullied. Yeah. So uh, oh, Okay.
0: Now, just, have, so like so what's the point of being bullied? You know, from okay. our behavior,
1: so... Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, Kenneth, was the question... It, your question is, Do we, Do I, did, Does does he believe that like
0: people are being bullied in America, and what is the what was the second part of the question? Yeah, uh, and what's, what's, like what's the effects? You know, you said racism and what have you. Oh
1: yeah.
0: But I, I, how about the treatment? To, is the treatment towards each other? Now I'm focusing on, as you say, melanated people in America, African Americans, whatever labels you want to put on us, but. It, 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 our behaviors like gang violence, uh, so, uh, 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 the negative interaction between a black man, black woman, uh, negative interaction between among us. Um, so oh, yeah, do you think this is? Uh, do you do you think these behaviors are effects of being bullied? Because we all know this is all part of racism and stuff like that. Do you feel yes. that America? It's a bully on, yes. on certain
3: uh,
2: cultures in this history. Yes. yes.
3: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, th- I was going to go to the question improper, but all what I said at the beginning was just to saturate the understanding of what I'm really trying to arrive at. This brings us to mental instability. You know, when you have too many lions in a place and then uh, lions do not have something to feast on, they will start feeding each other. That's what is going to happen. So when you have systemic bullying taking place, you know, segregating a particular group of people using systemic racism to to discriminate among, to discriminate them, to stop them from getting jobs, and even when they get jobs, the jobs are not well paid, and to make so many things that is just making them feel less human. That's bullying, and now these people are even isolated. And if they are isolated in particular places because of the, ac- the condition that has been placed upon them, what do you expect to happen? The first person they address is their neighbor, and the only neighbor they have is their own brother and sisters. So they have to kind of reinvent themselves into certain things that might not be good for them. These gang lives and all these other stuff we're talking about are just inventions of man as a result of uh, an idle mind, a mind that is less productive. You know, when people don't think, like, creatively, people don't sit down and start thinking about inventing things, discovering very powerful things that will help mankind, and all, and they are frustrated, they are depressed, and they feel like they've been rejected. Some have some uh, uh, sentences that they shouldn't have. For example, let's say for example, marijuana. People have been jailed for marijuana. So it's legal. Some of them are... Opening stores for marijuana today. And some are serving sentences for the same drug. And they came out, they couldn't go to school, they could no longer go learn any trade easily, and these people feel like they are left out. And so, their anger, they have to redirect their anger somewhere. And you find out that the first victim is going to be around the hood. That is just around Mm -hmm. the neighborhood. People that live around them. These are the people they affect. And so, This conflict is is systemic. It's a setup. It's something that's made for them. It's not like these are people. You know, let's take, for example, people in the colonies. Some of us coming from other countries in the world that are melanated people. You will realize if you go there and live there, you will see that we don't have this kind of stuff because we have a high level of independence, a high level of independence. But it seems like some military people are buying enemy lines. Yes. And when you are buying enemy lines, you are subjected to a lot of stuff. You do not like like that. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So that's the problem. And so we have our brothers and sisters that are buying enemy
2: lines. And so we So have being behind enemy
0: lines has kept it out mental health. Being behind enemy yes. lines. And being exposed to all these negative behaviors and more negative behaviors about to come in the future has affected the black community mental health.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so how how we get those things back in order, how we get ourselves in a position where we can effectively change some of these things that are happening to us is by first realizing what the problem is and then having okay. a discussion about it and then what.
3: And uh, uh, my take on this is um, there's
1: a group of people,
3: of melanated people that live in America during slavery days. They have a name they call them. They call them, people call them the cool. And they talk about it <laughs> and they don't like them. They talk bad about them, but I like it. And I want to believe that uh, I want to believe that uh, if these people never had existed during the days of slavery, maybe we'll have less number of menacing people in the world today, in this part of the world. Because in my, I have been in war. I have lived in war wherein people will deny their identity just to survive, just to get alive, just to be able to make it the next day. And if you look at the torture, the mental torture, the physical violence that our people, our ancestors went through in the Americas and Europe, you, 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 there is nothing that you can be told to do that you won't even do. So some people have to reinvent themselves, have to do certain things that make them look like they belong to the enemy to be able to survive, to be able to make a life and live for the next thing. It's a situation that is not racking. I Can you imagine a child who is a, 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 a five-year-old, ten-year-old child is told to kill his own mother in a war, and he did because he thinks that's the only way it can make him leave the next day. And I will not be able to explain all the stuff that people go through when they are captive. when they are in a situation that is very bad. I will so. So what I'm saying here is what we need at this particular point in time, God has blessed some of our brothers and sisters uh, who are melanated to be millionaires and even billionaires. What we need now is for them to put their resources together like what Bill Gates is doing, uh, putting his resources together to go vaccinate melanated people with vaccines. Well, we need these people to put their money together and be able to do a research about education for military people, about health for military people, and even military uh, 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 training, and so many things that have to do with mm-hmm. our life and living. We need these people to come together to be able to give their resources, because guess what? If they keep their resources behind enemy lines... It is just like you feel your house with food and everything, and an earthquake came and destroyed everything. So Wait, hold basically on, hold on. Just in, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. Brother, I just had a question for you. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you exactly. But, you know, when you said that, you know, about coons, and you said that you like them, but then you said that, you know, the millionaires, and not saying that they're all coons, but just saying that if they keep their resources behind enemy lines, I mean, they would only be... You know, being a coon, you know, it, they are not contributing more into their own people's development and nation-building for their own people so that their children's, children's, children's children can have a hope. So I, w- okay. I would okay. I I so, want to just disagree with you about liking, like, I wouldn't support coons okay. per se okay. so because let me, they are let me put I
3: explain. Okay, let me put I explain. Um, I want to tell you that the, uh, most of the brothers and sisters who are today be blessed with millions and billions, have uh, done this through means that uh, kind of look like they kind of distance away from their people. But um, I tell you, if you dig into these people and do a research on these people, you realize that they, they are engaged in different activities of help for their communities, but in secret. And the disadvantage about this is the fact that most of those assistance they are given are temporal, they are not strategic, they are not help that can last for another generation. So what we are doing, and the essence of this radio talk show, is I believe some of them are listening as we are talking now, and they are interested. They want to know who can actually tell them what to do about certain things because they are trapped. Some cannot even say. That's Please,
0: true too. The that's true too. That's a uh, that that's true. I, I hey, brother, I do I, I I get what you're saying because yes. back in the uh-huh. '60s, back in the '60s, you'd be surprised who was giving money to the Black Panthers. If I give you one name right now, you will not believe me. Danny Davis Jr. was an active, participating giver to the wow. Black Panther Party. Yes, but he had to do it in a way that he wouldn't be compromised in his, as an entertainer because once that income stopped, guess what? That stream of money will stop to the Black Panthers. So it's like being like you gotta read the spook that sat down behind the door. You know, you gotta act a certain way in order to get something so it can benefit your people. Yeah. You know, whether it be education or money or or, mm-hmm. or or
1: or or
0: or economics, political or what have you. Okay, we um, with well, one minute left, Brother do. could you sum
2: up with one
3: minute left? Yeah, and so I want to thank you guys very much for this wonderful program. And I don't want you guys to underestimate this program because uh, I want to tell you, there are many people listening and there are people who need help and uh, who are just looking for anywhere that they can get any help. Whatever we say and do here might save somebody's life today and might be able to give somebody a sense of direction. And I hope that is what we have done here in this program. And um, I also hope that we'll keep on discussing it, and we need to be proactive and uh, to check and see how this has helped people and how we can one day be lucky to have a millionaire uh, with a brother or sister to listen to this program and come join us and help and uh, build a foundation for our children's children. Thank you.
1: Thank you so
2: much,
3: Brother Abdul.
1: Great, thank you. And have a blessed
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, uh Tammy, you didn't like when he said "coon," huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, no, I. I, I know mean, what he was, was saying. I, 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 I agree
0: with. We need. Remember, I told you one time. We need all of us. We need all of our yes. Spanishes. We need those yes. billionaires for millionaires but we just have to re educate them. You know, okay. have to, they have to build their identity. Yeah,
2: the yeah. yeah.
0: can't yeah. 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 bring your cool behind on. <laughs> you know, yeah, but well, gone, that's what
1: I They have to love themselves, well, they have that? to love them people. They have to love themselves more okay. than they love the Europeans.
0: That's true. And that's up to us that's great. to teach them.